Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, how are you this very fine, fine day? I I am great, Tyler. Uh, it is peak NBA free agency. The other shoe finally dropped in free agency and it was a more shocking shoe drop than I think a lot of people expected. Every analyst, every NBA Twitter nonsense person, uh, every bro blogger had Kawhi either going to the Lakers or the Raptors. And uh, instead, what are we going to learn? Michael, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn that we just listen to Woj. Whatever Woj says, yeah. just it's it might as well be the gospel as far as it I mean, he was reporting the whole time that the Clippers were in on it. Um nobody in the world has better sources than Woj, so I don't know why everyone thought the Clippers were out. Like that is very accurate. Nobody has better sources than Woj. Uh even Shams, like Shams is probably a Woj source. Um Shams might be Woj. We don't know that that might be the same person but yes i mean you're alluding to Kawhi is on the clippers but with paul george which is insane yeah and so you know this this thing and in just Kawhi leonard fashion maybe right it broke broke like two o'clock in the morning here on the east coast yeah that's Um, the timing is even weird like what why did this deal go down at 2 a.m east coast time like what five days after free agency had started like Kawhi is just like the weirdest dude he's like changing everything about everything about the nba i just i don't even know what to make of it but he he certainly has made the nba way way more interesting for being like the most boring man in the nba because now we're not going to see the Kawhi lakers super team the lakers are all butthurt they ended up uh, bringing uh, cousins on through instead of Kawhi, so now I have a cousins AD reunion, and that Clippers Lakers rivalry is going to be really really fun. And once again, the West is a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, and and so we saw one team maybe kind of drop from that race a little bit, and there's going to be more on that to come. But I mean, th- literally the 12th best team in the West, I think is going to be really, really good. I mean, like people forget, right. Dallas has Luka Doncic and Chris Epps Porzingis and pretty much nobody is picking them to make the playoffs. So they have two of the better young players in the NBA and no one thinks they're good. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like they would be the fifth best team in the East or maybe the seventh best team in the East. And they are like the next to last team in the West. And like the, I actually think the East, even though the Raptors got worse, the East is a little bit better than it was last year without uh, minus the Raptors. I'd say so. It's like the well, East, I, a little East, bit better on the on the fringes, and the West got even better. Like how how is the league just getting better overall? Well, and that's here's the crazy part, right? So the Pelicans made all these moves, right? They got Zion, they got JJ Redick, they got. You know, keep keep going. They have Derek Favors. Like they made all these great moves, and you're looking at that team and going, like, okay, they're like 11th in the West, 10th in the West, 12th in the West. Like, how's that possible? Yeah, we. This is the year. This is the year they should 100. percent They should have done it already. Get rid of the East West Conference playoff ordeal. Like it should be the best uh, 16 teams. That's it. It's over. Like we got to get. We should get rid of the conferences. Well, and and yeah, I mean, with you there, like to say that teams that snuck in there in the East were a playoff team over some of these teams in the West. Like, just don't think that was real. And I think too that you know the fact that some of these teams that were lower down in the lottery now have better odds. Like, it'll be interesting to see what that dynamic has too. Like, some of these teams would almost maybe hope not to make the playoffs because they feel like they have a decent shot at the number one pick, especially if they think, you know, they're going to get beaten the first round by the Clippers or the Lakers or, you know, whoever. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's just wild. It's going to be a wild NBA season 
free agency really actually isn't over. It's kind of like slowing down because all the really, really great players have gone. But now we have rumors that Westbrook is asking for a trade. That could mean a bunch of other moving parts. We're really not going to be able to see how this all fits together for quite a while. So we're not going to go too far into all of these trades, but I do think we should talk about kind of the main fantasy relevancy of some of the stuff that has happened since, you know, since day one. If you haven't listened to our day one podcast, we, we went over some of the big trades that happened like basically the minute the free agency opened. We're Today we're going to go over some of the more fantasy relevant moves that uh, has happened since day one. Um, and we've already started to talk about Kawhi to the Clippers, and that's the big one, so we might as well start there, Tyler. Okay. I got a good question maybe to kick this bad boy off. Okay. So Kawhi is the – centerpiece of this move right and paul george is kind of the the one b but who would you rather have in fantasy next year michael mr paul george or mr Kawhi leonard that's an excellent that's an excellent question uh Kawhi leonard obviously a top tier player um a great could we argue that paul george though is now a top tier player I you you certainly can. So Paul George having a basically a career year, especially when it comes to fantasy, ended up finishing per game at a, a number four in a eight category league, while Kawhi uh, Leonard finished ninth overall. Um, I, I think the big difference here, and the reason I'm going to actually lean towards Paul George, I think for almost any league is because Kawhi Leonard played 60 games last last season. I have a feeling that any team courting him was willing to offer a very similar 60 to 65 game season for Kawhi Leonard that he could sit whenever he feels like. And that means Paul George is going to carry the Clippers more often than not, which is a very similar role that he played in Oklahoma City. I, I don't see Paul George. He played 77 games. He averaged almost 37 minutes a night. I don't see those numbers really deviating too awful much. And George is in his prime. I'm going to go with Paul George. Any worries about the two shoulder surgeries Mr. Paul George had this offseason? Definitely worried about two soldier uh, shoulder surgeries. Um I guess I'd probably play it by ear until the, until the draft, uh, thinking that Paul George is healthy right now, like he'll come into this season healthy and fine, then I'm going to go with Paul George. Uh, based on his uh, participation in preseason and based on the rumors out of, I guess, L.A. now uh, or Oklahoma City, and may, maybe they'll throw some shade into the mix. Um, a brilliant move by Oklahoma City to get basically a billion cents on the dollar for Paul George, who could have these injury risks moving forward. Uh, I'm still going to go with Paul George because Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to play uh, as many games as Paul George this year, you know, barring major injury, which I I don't like to try to predict major injuries. I think that's a, just a bad game to play. Yeah, and, and so the Thunder said that he might miss the start of training camp um, when he had the surgery, so there's something definitely to watch there. Um, and I think that's kind of an underreported story in this a little bit. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I, at this point, I'd definitely rather have Paul George. I will ask you a follow-up question on Mr. Kawhi Leonard. You mentioned he was ninth per game, right? So a, a first-round fantasy player. But are, are you picking him in the top 10? Are you picking him even in the first round in the 12-team league? Like You mentioned that 60 games is not a lot. Especially when you're talking about maybe, you know, comparing him with someone like Nikola Jokic, who played 80 games, Damian Lillard, who's been an Iron Man for virtually his entire career. Um, or even like, then there's, I mean, does you know, he fall other even, guys, obviously. Does he fall even further? Like, are you considering Kyrie Irving over Kawhi Leonard? Kyrie Irving also injury uh, right, issues, so right? But, you know, he's going to carry that Brooklyn team. So, me personally, if I'm in a head-to-head league, I'm not taking Kawhi Leonard in the first round. 
If I'm in a roto league, though, so it depends on your, the size of your league and the type of your league. If I'm in a roto league, I think I'm still taking Kawhi at the end of the first round. Uh, simply because quality starts in a roto league are all that really matter, and 60, you know, top 10 quality starts, 65, let's say, top 10 quality starts is probably better than taking a, a little bit more of a risk on someone like Kyrie Irving or I don't know if I would even say Dame might still be ahead of him, but uh, I would definitely those... go Dame, even in a roto. I just feel like you're going to probably get seven, at least yeah. 75 games. If you're going to tell me it's 15 more, like I don't really see any reason why Kawhi Leonard, then you mentioned 65, like, okay, maybe, but he played 60 last year and Toronto gave him everything he wanted. I don't see any reason why the Clippers aren't going to do the same thing, especially when he's mentioned about how he thinks that the fact that he rested, kept him healthy for the playoffs and to be as good as he was in the finals. Like I just don't really see any reason that he plays a ton more. And I think Damian Lillard's definitely going to have 15 games on him. So if you're going to give me 15 extra games, like I don't think that Kawhi Leonard is that much better per game. So yeah, definitely someone like Dame I'm taking. Um, I, I will say he's definitely on the fringe of my first round just based on those games, like in any league and, you know, definitely in a head to head, I'm not probably not picking him in the first round. I'll look at him somewhere in the second. Um, it's just not going to play enough. Yeah. I, I, I can't really disagree. With you. I like, I like Dame a lot. I think he's made his way into a first, uh, first round player top of kind of the top of that second tier. And I think Kawhi ends up in the middle of that second tier. I think once you start looking at like someone like Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday, Kawhi Leonard is much better than those guys' productions. So uh, if you're in a Roto League, I'm going Kawhi Leonard over those two guys. Uh, Let's look at the rest of this Clippers roster. You got Pat Bev re-signing. Lou Williams is still there. Lou Williams is always a pretty uh, decent sleeper. I think he'll continue to be a a pretty decent sleeper coming off the bench uh, for the Clippers my question is, who is who's playing the four here? We got Montrezl Harrell, who's definitely going to be playing the five, whether he's starting or not. You got uh, Zubac, who's on the team now. Mo Harkless, one of your one of our favorite players uh, that we really can't quit. And Jermichael Green is on this team now too. Are any of those guys anywhere near uh, like standard league fantasy relevant to you? Probably not. I mean, the guy I'm going to mention, he mentioned is Mo Harkless. I just feel like if Mo can get the minutes, obviously he can, you know, produce. We've seen him be a good permitted producer in the past. He's another guy who struggles with injuries. But I'm not super excited about that. I actually think they might play a lot of, you know, Paul George and Kawhi with maybe some Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly, like get some kind of small ball going there. And I mean, think about like, the normal power forward trying to guard Kawhi or Paul George is probably not going to go that well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not in love with any of those fantasy options. Um, I mean, there was a little hype around Zubac last season. He had the occasional, you know, 20 and 10 game with a, a couple blocks uh, here and there. He's still a really raw product, but he's only 22. Um, I think he's kind of like a like a broke ass Mitchell Robinson. So he's kind of like a guy. I was going to say he's a rich man's Boban. Man, that's, that's kind of the same thing. I like that. Um, I don't know how many minutes he's actually going to get because much as Harrell, obviously is a standard league player and he, you would hope, right. He would start taking more of those minutes. He only played 26 minutes last season, but he was a top 75 player. Um, if those minutes go up for Montrose Harrell, I like, you know, taking a a flyer on him in those in those later rounds in those second plateau rounds because he could be uh, up for for more minutes on this team if Zubac is not your guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, none of these guys are like must-haves in my opinion. Jermichael Green's never been a must-have for either one of us. But I guess I'd keep an eye on Zubac. Mo Harkless could move his way back into being a fringe standard league player. But uh, n- n- nobody on this team is really standing out to me. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think, too, that, you know, you got to pick Beverly at some point. You got to pick Lou Williams at some point. You got to pick Montrezl Harrell at some point in your standard league draft. So they have five standard league relevant players. Like, the mo- you know, most teams are not they're not having too many more than that. Yeah. 
Um, and let's 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 talk about the standard league players from the teams that these guys are leaving. And let's start with Toronto. Uh, Toronto is now a question mark as well. They got a lot, a couple aging uh, stars in Kyle Lowry and Marcus Ole and Serge Ibaka. Where those guys end up, I think, is a, is a big question mark if they stay the rest of the year on Toronto or not. Uh, and then you have a big giant hole where uh, Kawhi and actually Danny Green's minutes are going to go, and you have uh, the additions of of Rondé Hollis Jefferson, which is nice. Uh, OG and Anomi will be, uh, I think, a factor. Uh, someone someone mentioned Stanley Johnson. I will not mention Stanley Johnson. I'm not interested in uh, one of the most irrelevant fantasy players I think in the history of fantasy basketball. And um, and then you got like, I guess. Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, you have all these other kind of fringe guys who there's there's quite a few minutes to uh, be replaced here. So the guy that is pretty interesting to me, and uh, maybe we'll, we can discuss a little bit, um, is Fred Van Fleet a standard league player? Because we've seen him and Kyle Lowry kind of split in the minutes, and, you know, they played together some, and he finished – uh, on total values, 143rd last year. He only played 64 games. Um, you know, Fred VanVleet, I think, is going to get a little bit of buzz. He played well in those playoffs. He, you know, is kind of trendy, but I, I don't know. He's kind of fringy standard league. Like, so yeah, let's. Would I mean, you let's... be excited about owning Freddie next year? Like, maybe they finally trade away Kyle Lowry and give Freddie the keys here, but I don't so, know. Yeah. Those are two, like, I guess those are two different questions, right? Like, is he standard league relevant versus am I excited to own him? I'm not excited to own Fred Van Fleet. He's a poor shooter and he doesn't do anything really incredible. He's under a steal a game. His assists aren't, you know they're over five, I guess, in the in the when he was playing uh, more minutes there in the second half of the season. But you know, other than that, he he is a standard league player. I think he is worth at drafting at some point. Um, I'm not excited about taking him though. I'm, he's not a to me. He's not like a, a late round flyer. He's a late round. Wow, there's nobody left. He is. And, he's on my gonna be overdrafted list this year. Yeah. The name, the name recognition from the finals and how well he played. I think if he's going in your top 100, that's that's not that's not good. Yeah, assuming Kyle Lowry's still on the team right now. Maybe well, if, if Kyle Lowry's gone, then maybe maybe yeah. he's sneaking his way into that top. 100. Yeah, if Kyle, like, we're if, talking like six assists a game at that point, probably, which is good. Yeah, if Kyle Lowry ends up moving on before the for your draft, then he's probably a borderline top 100 player. But like to me, that's a ceiling. And I don't like taking uh, uh, a, f- a potential flyer. There's going to be a ton of guys who are almost as good as Fred Van Fleet sitting under waiver wire. Uh, I guess depending on the size of your um, league, if you're in a standard 10 to 12 team league, um, it's hard to find replacement point guards, I guess. But, you know, there's a few point guard situations out there that are in flux. And um, I would rather take a flyer on someone else on this team. Um, I'd rather, I, I really would, I, in my later picks, I'd rather look at OG and Anobi, or I'd rather look at Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, both guys who I think have more fantasy potential than Fred Van Fleet. Uh, all fair. Not sure how much Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is going to play. I mean, Brooklyn declined that option. So clearly they were not viewing him as a huge piece of their future. So That'll be interesting to to monitor during training camp of, you know, is Ronnie Hollis Jefferson going to get some significant minutes for the Raptors? Um, another guy that really interests me on this team is Marcus Gasol. Like, we've seen Marcus Gasol be a top 25, 30 player, right? Even last year, in total values, he finished 34th. But when he went to Toronto for those final 26 games, he only played 25 minutes a game. So what to do with Mark Gasol is kind yeah. of a big question in my, my own brain. Yeah. Especially if he's like one of the few, like, you know, he's now one of the better players on this team. They might run more plays with him. They might run more stuff through him. Uh, yeah. But can you play? 
Is he going to play more than like 26 minutes a game? Well, can you play him and Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka all, you know, 28 to 30 minutes? Like, it's a little hairy at some point, right? So they don't have a lot, ton of other options unless they're going to play a lot of small ball. Um, obviously, both Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol are centers now. So that's something to monitor there. Like, how does that minute split get broken down? Yeah, I like I like Ibaka. Uh, actually, I like Ibaka just to say uh, steady. Marcus Sol is kind of a question mark to me because you can't you can see his production kind of moving in the downward direction over the last year year and a half. Um, yeah, I, neither one of those guys really gets me terribly excited. Pascal Siakam, I think, is going to be overdrafted, but you know he's the guy in line for a big leap here with Kawhi Leonard gone. It's kind of, you know, his team to become the the main guy of, and as long as that team stays intact, you know, that's my favorite fantasy player um, on this team. Where even though Cal Lowry always ends up having an incredible first half and then dropping off the second half, so every single year on totals. Kyle Lowry finished 40th. Pascal yeah. Siakam finished. Guess, guess. What do you think? Ooh, uh, 32nd. 27th. Ooh. So, yeah, and, you know, Pascal Siakam, we talk about that. It's a really good fantasy game, right? Averaged almost seven rebounds, 3.1 assists, nearly a steal, 0.6 blocks, shot really well. Um, is very young, right? Young, so kind of coming into his prime. Um also has not played basketball that much, right? They talked about that a lot during the finals. I'm sure you guys all heard about that, right? So he just turned 25 in April, and he's played basketball, right, since he was, like, 15, so for only, like, 10 years, which, you know, most of these guys, if they're 25 years old, have played basketball since they were five. Um, so, you know, the ceiling could be a little bit higher for Pascal Siakam. I am very interested in Mr. Pascal Siakam. I don't think I will have Pascal Siakam on a lot of my teams. I think – a lot of people are thinking what you're thinking. I'm thinking some people will be picking him near the second round, and that's a little bit rich for my blood. Yeah, second round's too high. Third round is, a, to me, a risky pick. Fourth round makes sense. So if you're at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, that feels right to me. Um, other than that, like I know Cal Lowry will definitely go in a, probably a normal spot. He actually might get underdrafted. Uh, Kyle Lowry might slip a little bit, and that might be a good guy to pick up if you're desperate for a point guard. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm not really terribly – like some of those guys like Fred Van Fleet, uh, I just don't – it's just not – his ceiling is too low for me well, to, and- to waste a, a top t- a top 10 rounds a pick on him. So – you know, a lot of these guys too, like we mentioned it with the Marcus All and the Serge Ibaka, like they got a lot of options and that's not great for fantasy in the sense that, you know, two guys are splitting the minutes a little bit. Like, you know, minutes are, we talk about this all the time, minutes are the most important stat in fantasy. So, yes. you know, when we got two guys kind of splitting the baby instead of one guy playing 33, you know, we got two guys playing 25. That's not great for fantasy. So, um yeah, so I guess I'm not super, super excited about owning any Toronto Raptor, I don't I don't think. I mean, it depends on, obviously, where the ADPs are on some of these players, um, and that's, you know, always a caveat. But, yeah, right now, if you're telling me I'm kind of making the draft board, I'm kind of making the ADPs, I'm definitely not screaming to own any Toronto Raptors player. Now, same here. Let's, let's fly over to uh, a city that just got more boring, Oklahoma City. Uh, with the loss of Paul George, but they did pick up some young, uh, a young, talented guy that both me and you like, uh, Shea Gildress Alexander. The problem is, is that uh, he is now playing on a team with Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook, and we all know what happens to guards that play with Russell Westbrook. They are uh, utterly become the second fiddle. Look at Oladipo. Um- so for him specifically, that's maybe not the worst thing in the world. I mean, the guy took 8.7 field goal attempts a game last year. Yeah, like, I, I actually think it's a terrible. Uh, he's, he, I don't see how he improves on a team that is what Russell Westbrook pounding the ball well, going and, and, for uh, his third triple-double in a row. 
well, I'm Rose Westbrook might not be on the team, right? And I think that's looking more and more like it's going to be the scenario. Um, that deal is gets very complicated in the sense that Russ is on the Supermax. And so nobody has cap space, save the Dallas Mavericks have like $10 million, And I think they're still leading the the league in, in most money. So it's hard. It's going to be hard to make that deal work out because, you know, whoever's giving, you know, getting Westbrook is going to have to give up. It's going to have to match the salary somehow. And there's not a great place to send somebody where you can kind of dump a contract. Yeah, there was a lot of dumb contracts signed there in those first hours. And now that this happened, no one has the flexibility to bring Russell Westbrook over. So to me, it's a question mark whether uh, Russ moves or not. And as long as Westbrook's on this team, you know, Gilish Alexander, someone I was uh, hoping would be uh, a person who takes a leap or at least a half a leap next season, I I think all hope is gone for me until Westbrook's out of the picture. But here's the thing, and here's the reason I would still pick him in a standard league. The guy in 26 and a half minutes on the Clippers finished 83rd in totals. And he does it a lot on the back. Now, he, there is, you know, 3.3 assists a game, but he does a lot on the back of 1.2 steals and half a block, and he shoots good percentages. So assuming he's going to shoot good percentages and he's going to give you defensive stats, he's still going to be somewhere in that fringy standard league range, right? Like maybe yeah, the I- back half of the top 100. Like I, I'm saying don't write this cat off. He's not like a big high-volume scorer to begin with. So the fact that Russ is hogging the ball and Dennis Schroeder's hogging the ball like isn't going to completely crush this kid's fantasy value. Well, I'm, I'm worried about the minutes with those two guys, uh, and I'm worried yeah, about but, I mean, them okay, crushing well, but, and just not him not having the ball – in his hand. He played a lot either. of shooting guard last year, right? So like, That's I mean, fine. I just think we know what happens when you play with Russell Westbrook. You get worse in fantasy. He takes all the usage. And even though uh, Gilders Alexander's usage isn't that high, to me, he doesn't get any better being on a team with Russell Westbrook. So he's either going to be the same as he was last year, which was a fringe standard league player, or he's going to be worse. And neither one of those I guys. I take your bet like this at day. this moment that, Shea Gilgis Alexander finishes better than 83rd in total values. 83rd in total value. All right. I will take that bet. And that bet is uh, put that one on the board. Uh, it is null and void, though, if Russell no, leaves no, the Oklahoma no, City Thunder. No, no I, because that's what's yes, going to happen. Man. That's the caveat that I just keep saying over and over. Westbrook but that's makes my people point. worse. You keep like making it seem like it's definitely like. At this point, they're not going to be good. Like, that West is too deep. They have Russell yeah, Westbrook and trash. nothing else. So he's going to complain till he gets traded. So Great. At some point during the year, he's going to move, which, you know, why are you writing off Shea Gillis Alexander then? Like, at some point this season, Russell Westbrook will be traded. We've seen it. And the Stars have the power in the league, man. If you want to get traded, you get traded. The same thing happened with Paul George. He wanted to be traded. They traded him. Russell Westbrook wants to be traded. Sam Presti's going to trade him, man. I would say it is a 80% likely f- fact that what Westbrook will be on a different team at some point this year. So, if you're going to if you're going to say you have an 80% chance of Shea Gillis Alexander being good after January or February, uh, still not terribly exciting to me. Uh, if he gets know, traded ex- if he if he gets traded before the season starts, this is a completely different discussion. And maybe he's not excited to draft, but I, I mean, I still think he's going to be worth it just because, I mean, like I mentioned, a lot of his game is not predicated on him handling the ball and scoring a ton of points. And it's not going to be like, even if everybody gets traded, somehow they package Dennis Schroeder away too. And they're saying, okay, Shea Gillis Alexander, you're the starting point guard. Like, I don't think you're going to see him score a ton of points, and I don't think you're going to see him like get a crazy amount of assists. Like no, but I do, get- I do see that you, his usage going up, and when his usage goes up, his minutes go up. Like he's then a very solid. Oh, as a starting player. point guard, he's a top yeah. fifty player. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is like some I love, people. No, I love his ceiling. That's why I'm. Oh, that's yeah. why I'm into him, and that's why I'm so. Uh, disappointed with it. But some people, like, if those trades happen, right, and we're still talking a lot of ifs here, right? Yeah. Like, some people are going to be like, oh, he's going to average, 
you know, 15 points and seven assists. Like that's, those probably aren't real. Like those are probably made up numbers in someone's head. Like he's probably going to average more like 13, 14 points and like five, five and a half assists. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's better than Fred Van Fleet. Especially when we're talking, you know, 0.7 blocks and one and a half steals or 1.7 steals, like a good number of steals too. Like, you know, um, yeah, he's a really interesting fantasy player because he can do a lot of things, and we talk about like that a lot, all the time. If, so. if you got him and Fred Van Fleet sitting there in the in the tenth round, the, don't don't draft Fred. <laughs> That's going to be your motto this season. I'm going to make you a shirt: Don't draft Fred. Do Whatever not you do, do not draft Fred. Fred. Anybody named Fred, do not draft them. Um, just that's, I think that's a really good rule of thumb for fantasy basketball completely. Um, actually in, um, the last, uh, expert draft that, uh, is out there, the results are out there on our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes and you are one of our Patreon subscribers, you can see the results of this, uh, expert draft that happened prior to, uh, free agency starting. Uh, Gilders Alexander went in the sixth round in a 12-team draft. So um, there is going to be some buzz, I think, with people who know what they're talking about with him. Um, Did you draft Fred in that draft? No no Freds were drafted by me, but I did have one, uh, one Wendell and one Kelly and one Lowry on my team. So if you can Man. guess who those players are. I was hoping for a Fred on your squad. No Who did Fred's take enough. Fred? Where did Fred go in that? Just out of curiosity. Um, let's see. Not drafted. Undrafted. So was this what? Ten round. It? Ten rounds. Ten rounds. How many people? Twelve. Twelve. One hundred twenty. Yeah. Fair. Not one hundred twenty player. Probably in a. If you're going all the way, normal draft, he would have got. I think he would eventually got drafted, right? But. Um, not drafted, so good job for everybody in that not drafting Fred Van Fleet. There's some weird results, so I would I would go check that out at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Let's move on to because uh, we, we just don't know what these teams are going to be like at the beginning of the year. So let's move on to one of the other um, big signings uh, that, that was um, then predicated some, you know, some side moves. Uh, we're talking about the Miami Heat. We're talking about Jimmy Butler. No, for... Butter. Jimmy Butter. Jimmy Jimmy Butter. Did you see it? No, what happened? The Sixers tweeted out this thing thanking him, and it said Jimmy Butter with no L. That is <laughs> that is cold-blooded. Um, Jimmy Butler, you're the easily the worst person to play basketball with at the gym, but also a great person to root for because he is such a psycho lunatic. Uh, and you know, if everybody put the effort in that Jimmy, but, uh, Jimmy butter put in, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, I was, I'm in, I'm sure it was a mistake, but it mm. seemed a little too convenient perhaps. Yeah. My th- I think it's a little too convenient, uh, talking his way into getting traded to the Miami heat. Um, but then what the hell's going on in Miami? Miami, one of those teams we were like, um, I hate, I hate everybody on this team. Not a big fan. Now we have Jimmy Butler. Dion Waiters is still there. Justice Winslow is a person who nobody can figure <laughs> out. Uh, Kelly Olenek still exists. Bam Adebayo is a guy that occasionally seems like he could be good. That That's the one that's interesting there, if you're asking me. Yeah. Um, is there anyone on this team standard league relevant uh, beyond, you know, I mean, there's actually quite a few standard league relevant guys on here, but is there anybody that's interesting? So, obviously, I think Bam is interesting, right? So, he played it in two games, so that affects this, and maybe you can look up where he finished per game. But in totals, he finished 77th in 23 minutes a game. They traded Hassan Whiteside as part of this sign and trade they had to do to get Jimmy Butler because they are way over the cap because they pay every player they ever get like more money than they should. Um, yeah, that's different somehow they've podcasts. gotten out, they've gotten out of a few of those contracts, which is very surprising. Uh, yeah, they're very good at at doing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, is Bam a top fifty player next year? Like, you got to think he's going to be the starting center, right? And so, play more minutes. Like, what other center options do they really have that are enticing? Like Kelly Olynyk and not a lot else. 
Yeah, Bam not a not like a, a an incredible scorer. He's not going to ever hit threes, but he does all the intangibles super well. He's a great percentage guy. Overall, I I don't know if he is going to crack that top uh, fifty, but he has that he has a pretty high ceiling, and I think he's going to be uh, overlooked in quite a few drafts, especially if you play with more casual NBA fans who probably have never even heard of Bam Adebayo. So. Um, I I think he's a nice sleeper. He's a nice target for next year until he's literally the number one player on everybody's sleeper uh, article going into next year, and then the the cat will be out of the bag. But he could – I think his ceiling is next for next season in that 60 – in that first plateau, that 60 to – kind of like that 40 to 65, 70 range. Uh, yeah, and I think he can maybe even crack that top 50. And, and here's what I'll say, right? 0.9 steals and 0.8 blocks in 23 minutes. Uh, if we're talking he can get to 30, get to 28, like that's probably over one and one. Talking, what, 10, 10 11 points? You know, we're talking a pretty good rebounding rate, 7.3 in 23 minutes. So we're talking, you know, eight and a half, nine rebounds. Um, 2.2 assists help, right? Talking, you know, six more minutes. We're talking 2.7, 2. 2.8. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. all sounding pretty interesting. He's only 22 years old. And if you go look at some of his game log here, I mean, there is the occasional eight assists a game, six assists a game, quite a few five assists a game. Like sometimes there's zeros, certainly, but like that, they have, it's not like it's always one, uh, two to zero assists. Like, all right, there's something there. Maybe it's it's occasional, but there's something there. The, there's a few stat lines that uh, kind of jump out at you, and that's always one of my favorite things to uh, to notice when you when it comes to young players. Is that has there been a few games where it was like, oh, wow, like that that's the stat line. The player has it in him. Was it a one off? Well, probably. But if they don't even have a one off, then their their ceiling isn't that high. And I, I really like Bam's. Uh, well, and he, and, and uh, he kind of had that year where he torched the summer league right out of right out of the draft too. Like we've seen some flashes of Bam being pretty damn good. So yeah, I'm excited about Bam. And like you mentioned, that, that doesn't mean I'm going to draft Bam in every league, right? Like if he's going in the top fifty, well, then kind of all the value of Bam is gone, right? But yeah, I'm, I'm interested. And if he's going in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I'll probably have Bam on a few of my teams. Like I like Bam. I think Bam's got a lot of potential and path to a bigger role is, you know, I can easily see it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think if you're, if he's not, you know, a highly touted sleeper going into the season by uh, the normal, um, you know, places, people read their, their, their fantasy articles like hashtag basketball.com. Um, then you could see him slip into those even later rounds. And that I, I think it becomes a no brainer once you're in that 80 plus range. It, I think you, I'd even you, say you 75, like if he's there yeah. at 75 and he's healthy and I know and all those caveats got to apply to, right. But if he's there at 75 and I'm picking, he's on my team. I'm with you. Do uh, you think Gorgon Dragic has any life in him? Is he even on this team still? Like what's going on with him? Was he? Did he move to the Suns? Is he moving to the Portland? Like, it was well, such a he, confusing uh, so trade. He, he was supposed to go to the Mavericks, right? Like, as soon as this trade got reported, right? It has to be signing trade. He's going to the Mavericks, and then twenty minutes later, it was, oh no, he's not going to the Mavericks. The Mavericks are taking Kelly Olynyk and I, Derek Jones Jr. And then they weren't in the trade at all, and I don't know. Some craziness happened there. Um, for right now, it looks like he's going to be on the Heat. Um, wow, you know, Goran Dragic, not a player I want to think about for fantasy. Um, finished, nah. you know, he only played 36 games. He was hurt most of the year. Still got you 4.8 assists, 3.1 rebounds, and 13.7 points in 27 and a half minutes a game, though. Yeah, like, not, is, not the worst. Right, which is all pretty interesting. Um, an older point guard, not somebody I'm super excited to draft, but I do think is probably a standard league player on the Heat. Yeah, and to me, all this means is that Jimmy Butler is going to play more of a distributor role, which makes his value uh, probably back up to where it was a, cu- a couple of years ago when he was with the Bulls. Uh, I, I like uh, Jimmy Butler kind of moving back. He had, I mean, he had a great year last year, 
but uh, we'll be back into uh, that that top of the second tier uh, come next year. And the only thing that scares me a little bit about that is we've seen the injuries kind of catching up with Jimmy a little bit, right? Like, I mean, he's going to be 30 in September. He's got uh, those Thibodeau knees. Well, okay, so let's go last, I don't know, crap ton of years. Uh, 65 last year, 59 the year before that, 76, 67, 65, 67. And then, obviously, if you want to finish it out, 82, and then he only played 42 his rookie year. So, like, you got to feel like 65 games is kind of the number now. And we talked about that with Kawhi Leonard. Like, you know, 60, 65 games is not as many as you'd hope for. No, not at all. And if that's what he's going to give you, that's that's not good news at all. Um, right, so that's but kind of I don't trend, know. He's so- going to have to carry that team if they're going to – scrape the 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 eight seed i think in the east yeah and so you know i'm excited for jimmy in the sense that i think he's gonna score a little bit more than he did in philly and he's gonna you know be a pretty good distributor where he could get you like five and a half assists a game maybe but i'm also kind of scared of jimmy like i'm more into jimmy i think in a in a roto league where i know i'm gonna get good quality starts um in a head-to-head league he's probably more in that mid to late second round for me just because you know 65 games is only 65 games i think that's fair let's go out to portland where hassan whiteside ended up um hassan whiteside basically disappearing last season the heat not interested in playing him at all uh i mean he he only averaged 23 minutes but really near the end of the season it was borderline you know 16 18 minutes is he due to come back to a, a reasonable minute uh, minutes played in Portland where, you know, Nurkic is going to be out, I believe, until January or February? Um, or is he going to be sharing minutes with Zach Collins, an, another guy that I think I was a little bit excited about until I heard about this trade? Yeah, that's something to definitely monitor. Um as of right now, I would think Whiteside's, you know, kind of going to play that Nurkic role for the most part. Um, but that's something to definitely monitor during training camp. And Whiteside is kind of a temperamental guy, I guess is the word. I don't really know what the word is, right? Like sometimes when Whiteside's got his head on straight and he's playing, like he looks really good and he's really good at what he does. And then other times he just, I don't know, he just can't can't get on the court so there's got to be something there well he's a um, bit of a, a old school one note center you know some decent scoring great rebounds uh pretty good blocks but nothing nothing else and then murders your free throw percentage so you know you're you're very specific i'm gonna get you know this guy and this guy uh who's gonna kill my free throw percentage i'm gonna punt free throws those the people who play the game like that well guess what you're also punting three-pointers because centers shoot three-pointers now uh, so you're already starting out with two punted categories. He's not helping you. He's he's literally under one assist a game, which is incredibly. That's bad. always been the killer for me. For yeah. White side is like you know when we talk about a lot of the centers, even the guys that are kind of murdering you, getting like two, two and a half, and he's getting. I mean, he can't even get one. He can't even scrape one anymore, right? Um, I will yeah. put it, throw out this caveat in total value. He was the hundredth ranked player last year in twenty three point three minutes. So he probably should be picked in your standard league, especially if it's head-to-head. Yeah, he's going to be a top-tier uh, uh, block and rebound guy. But, like, there are other top-tier block and rebound guys who do more than uh, just get blocks oh, and rebounds. Oh, you, you misunderstood me. I was not saying I was excited to own it. I was just saying somebody probably should. <laughs> yeah, he, he should eventually get uh, drafted. And if you're in a punting type of strategy, I think you're actually pretty safe in letting him fall pretty far. And then getting him with a later round pick. So if you if he fits your strategy, he can be actually a very valuable person to have on your team, and you could get him for a very big discount, I think. And the the minutes should be up uh, compared to last year, and that's that's good because I think a lot of people will just look at what he got, his stats from last year, his ranking from last year, and go, eh, never mind. Yeah, so I mean, he could be kind of a little bit of a sleeper there. Like you know, if he's going as a last round pick, I'm. Pretty damn interested in that. Yeah, who who's playing the four in Portland? 
Is that the question we've asked each other for the last since 10 the, years? Yeah, since the Tammy Lillard and CJ McCollum thing became real. Well, um, I mean, Mo Harkless, one of our favorites, uh, is gone. Al Camino is gone. Uh, Kent Bazemore, Rodney Hood are on the team. Mari Hazonia is even on the team. Scalabassier, one of our, one of my old uh, favorite uh, potential sleepers, is, well, and, is on the team you, now, and he's kind of set up for some minutes. Did you see Hazonia basically say that he screwed up? That the Blazers no. wanted him last year, and he decided to go to the Knicks. And he's like, "Man, I messed that up because <laughs> I could have played, and I could have been better, and all. You know, he had got more minutes." And everybody the, who goes to the Knicks screwed up. Um, I thought that was just interesting to me. That made me laugh a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'll put that in my something to watch for during training camp. You know, do they go a little smaller and? You know, try to play some kind of more wing-dominated lineups, or you know, are they gonna go with someone like Kazonia out there? Are they gonna go with more Scal? Yeah, I think if you're talking about the most important things, which is minutes, Kim Bazemore with minutes is a, is, a, is a solid standard league player. Mario Zonia has been occasionally a, a good standard league player with minutes, and Scalabassier has the potential. I think still, he's very young still to uh, be a, a standard league player if he has the minutes. So, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on Portland. That's one of the more intriguing The, the only teams. thing I'll say, too, about that is Portland has been known to do what I call splitting the baby a lot, right? And we've oh, yeah. said, you know, this guy would be really interesting and this guy would be really interesting and this guy would be really interesting if they got 30 minutes. And then Portland has a tendency to kind of give – 22 and 24 and 22 or and then they have a tendency to flip-flop that and go okay well tonight you got 30 okay different matchup you know now scal's got 30 different matchup mario hazonia has got 30 tonight different matchup kent bazemore's got 30 tonight um so they can all kind of be a little bit frustrating to own um it works out for the blazers in real life right they win a lot of games but in fantasy, their guys, especially their fringy guys, can be a little bit of a headache. Yeah, it could be very, very annoying. Um, throughout all these years, owning a Portland guy has always been a pain in the ass if his name wasn't CJ or Dame. Uh, let's go to uh, the consolation prize for the Los Angeles Lakers, DeMarcus Cousins uh, joining the big three. I, I'll, actually, I'd call DeMarcus the big three. DeMarcus is good, and now he's going to be a year healthier. Uh, you know, after that bad injury, the the year he was having when he got that injury was you know like a a first round caliber year. He was like hitting like three and a half threes a game, like he was out of his mind. He's now re teaming up with Anthony Davis, the same guy he uh, had that year with. He's also going to be playing with LeBron James, who I've heard is still pretty good, and also I've heard is going to be running the point guard. In LA, uh, I don't know if NBA Twitter is taking drugs <laughs> well, well, or what. Dude, That's what I've okay. heard. Okay, okay. So why was this news? Yeah, he's been the point guard for like ten years. I mean, he's led his team in like. So I, I, I had a discussion with the the buddy of mine about this the other day. Like, I don't understand a position anymore. I don't know that I'll ever understand a position again. Right? Like, if you're gonna tell me the guy who does most of the ball handling and is the top assist getter on the team is the point guard, well, then LeBron and Luka Doncic are yeah. point guards. If you're going to tell me that the point guard is the guy who guards the other team's point guard, then neither one of those two guys are point guards, right? They guard forwards. But then, like, so, that means Clay Thompson and, and, like, Patrick Beverly are point guards, you know? Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, a position is not a real thing anymore. Yeah, position. This is like positions are pointless. This is completely positions, positionless well, and, basketball. And you're going to have a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Demarcus Cousins. I'm interested in, in all three of those guys because they have to make each other better. And you know, LeBron getting a bit uh, rest now, actually playing in the playoffs last year, could be one of his uh, last go rounds. And uh, could also be looking to, you know, maybe set a assist uh, per game record. Who knows what's going to happen there? But uh, I, I, I just don't. There's nothing to worry about here. There's nothing to get. I think to get terribly, like, out of your mind. Point guard LeBron excited about because he's just he's going to do the same stuff he's always does. But he might rely on these guys more, pass the ball a little bit more. 
and uh, score a little bit less. And I'm actually all for that. That sounds great. Yeah, and, I think, and less rebounds for LeBron with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus there. Well, and this is, I think, the thing that surprised both of us was, you know, in per game value, right? So DeMarcus Cousins only played 30 games, um, coming back from that Achilles. DeMarcus Cousins finished 34th. Like, he, he was kind of just as good per minute, right? He only played 25.7 minutes a game. He was kind of just as good per minute per game as he always was. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he got the 1.3 steals. He got the one and a half blocks. He grabbed a ton of rebounds. He got assists. He scored. Like, that's the DeMarcus Cousins game. He's on the Lakers. He's going to play, right? And we talked about maybe he splits the minutes with JaVale McGee a little bit, which I think will happen. Um, I, think I, actually, that, I think McGee's value as a drop last year, this year, I think it's back to where you think it should be worth. JaVale's not going to be worth what he was worth last year. Oh, I'm I'm 100% with you there. Um, but I think JaVale's still going to play, you know, 12, 15, 18 minutes, which leaves, you know, probably DeMarcus Cousins somewhere around 30. I don't think we're going to see DeMarcus Cousins playing 35 a game. I just don't really see that. Nah, but Cousins at 30 – but Cousins at is 30. Third, is that a third-round player? That might even be a second-round player, man. Yeah. If we can say he's going to be relatively healthy and play, you know, 75 games, that might even be a late second-round player. So yeah. that's a risky that's a risky pick, but I feel like it's, it's and, and very we've got doable. A, we've got a few of those kind of big men guys, you know, that are going to be total wild cards this year. Like, what, what the hell is a DeMarcus Cousins? Where do I pick that? You know what I mean? What the hell is a, a Kristaps Porzingis? Where do I pick that? That's a great question. I we're gonna ha- I we're gonna have to save that. That's a whole other podcast. Um. So you know we got a couple of those guys where you know we've seen these guys be awesome fantasy players, but they've had injuries and we don't really know what how many minutes they can play, how many games they can play. We are pretty sure if they're gonna play, the stats are gonna be good, but. You know, there's a lot of question marks surrounding those, you know, especially a couple guys, and there might even be a few others that are, you know, not coming to my mind right this second. I uh, I don't disagree. Um, let's go with a very quick lightning round. Uh, I'm going to ask the question that everybody's been at, uh, just waiting for. Everybody's curious about Tyler. Where will you be drafting Monta Ellis or Amari Stoudemire this season? Um, is this – Fantasy basketball circa 2007. Oh, no, sorry. This so is the, like, I think this is the big three fantasy uh, draft. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Only one of them is playing in the big three, though, right? Just Damari? I don't think Monte Ellis is playing anywhere except for, like, the local no. YMCA. Uh, Monte Ellis' final season back in 2017. So here's uh, the thing 33 about years that. old. Stoudemire is 36. But has this is kind of nasty on Twitter. Has been irrelevant since 2012. That's that's brutal. Ellis isn't that old. You mentioned it. He's not that old. Like he could play. I could see him coming back and getting a couple buckets. Like I I could. Uh, I don't think it's going to be anything for fantasy. But like you know he's and his last season he was actually good. Amari wasn't. Yeah, but, Amari Amari been done for a but long look time. Look at Monte's numbers for that last season. Like he was actually pretty good and he got some buckets now he's not a three-point shooter he never was i mean he's always been kind of that mid-range get to the basket type guy which obviously teams are less in love with now but the I the mean, game the game has significantly changed since montellis was let's say montellis is even like 80 percent what he was come on the game has changed he he was a very valuable player when he played because the the league was very very different but these days like come on even if he's yeah, but, even if he's starting playing thirty two minutes. No, no, no. I'm not, no, no, I'm not talking at all for fantasy. Okay. I'm talking about could you see him coming out and playing like a ten minute role on a team and getting like some buckets? I could see yeah, that. I hope I, you know what? I hope he does. I really I, hope he does. I think that could be real life. That could be coming to a television near you. I'm I'm all for that actually. I, I love uh I was always a fan of Montellas. He had some go back and go look at uh, all you kids out there. Go do the uh, the Monte Ellis highlight reel on YouTube. He's an impressive player, very impressive player, very impressive at his prime. But that's not really what I was talking about. I want to talk about a few other players that have sparked my interest of where they've signed. Uh, and the first one on my list is Willie Colley Stein, big Willie Stein, Golden State <laughs> Warriors. I actually I must have missed that one. Like I I was looking through um, 
the signings today. And I was like, when did that happen? Completely missed it and all the other nonsense. But Willie Collystein is the starting center in Golden State? I feel like that happened to me a lot this year. I feel like the expediting it to so many of the signings happened in the first like 24 hours of it. Some of the like lesser names, and you're going to mention a couple more, like just kind of fell right through the cracks, which was weird. I vote we've read it back out a little bit so I can kind of digest every move. It won't happen, but something I root for. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein was a, per game, the 104th ranked player last year in eight category leagues. So, Willie Cauley-Stein. 27 minutes a game, right? Yep, 27.3. Okay. So, you know, would I be surprised if Willie played that on the Warriors? No, would not be surprised by that. So, yeah, I mean, I think Willie could be a standard league guy. I'm not super excited about him. I like the idea of him in a in a different system where he might be utilized a little bit better with his athleticism. I don't well, know. I'm keeping an eye on him. Well, and this team's going to be different, like – weirdish, right? We're going to see D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Willie Cauley-Stein. And I'm not the Warriors we're used to. Um, the the spacing of Klay Thompson, I think, is going to be a, a factor for Golden State. Like, they don't have the two best three-point shooters ever now. They just have one of the two best three-point shooters ever for next season. Rough. Um, so that could impact the the just and, and I mean obviously they had Kevin Durant who gave them a ton of floor spacing and um they're definitely on my teams to watch list a lot just I want to see what that new kind of setup looks like and how much we're giving Steph the ball and how much we're giving D'Angelo Russell the ball and you know they got a lot of question marks there yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, weirdly I, I do want to watch that team like Steph could be out of his mind other otherworldly MVP status next year, or he could just kind of float, take it easy, let D'Angelo do a bunch of stuff, get his trade value up. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go. They could shut those guys down early because the West is such a bloodbath. There's a lot yeah. of different ways so, that can go. So I hear that that narrative a lot, like the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs in the West, and – I'm not saying that's not a possibility because that is a possibility. That's definitely a possibility. But I think they I, will. I would not bet against Steph Curry and Never. Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell and Willie Collins making the postseason. Like I'm not betting against Steph Curry ever. Yeah. So I mean to to people like already writing them off, like they're not a playoff team, like aren't they better than the Spurs? Like the Spurs are gonna make the playoffs. Spurs make the playoffs every year with Pop. Isn't Golden State a better team than San Antonio? Like, I get there's some really good teams in the West, but, yeah, Golden State's in my playoffs for sure. I mean, I think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. That's they what I mean. Should. But it's it's nasty out there now. Um, I'm interested in the point guard situation in San Antonio, now that you mentioned it, DeJounte Murray. Uh, he Derek, is, Derek White both getting don't, injured. No, no, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. DeJounte Murray might be one of my top sleepers this year because I think, you know, everyone was hot on him and then he tore his ACL and I think everybody's going to forget he's even a real thing. He's not even a person to some people now, I think. Um, well, and, DeJounte Murray actually uh, showed up and was on someone's radar. Derek White never, never really had a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'm excited for DeJounte Murray, man. Like, look at that stat line. Um, kid's still only 22. Um, from the last time he played, right, 81 games, 21 and a half minutes, 8.1 points, 5.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.2 steals. Uh, Got to figure he probably plays like 27, 28 minutes at the very least. Yeah, this kid could be real interesting, and uh, he's like a huge rebounding point guard. I like a lot of things about DeJounte Murray. Yeah, no, I got those mixed up. Derek White actually played last year. DeJounte Murray did not. Yeah, DeJounte Murray tore his ACL, missed the entire season. I got got those two guys mixed up. I I hate to break this to you, Uh, Tyler. DeJounte Murray went in the seventh round in the expert draft. So he is. Who are these experts? I'm going to write them a strongly worded email right now. You know, I think you know a couple of them. Uh, Kyle's in here, Alex is in here. Uh, Allegedly, uh, I'm in here. Oh. All these guys, strongly worded email coming their way. 
Do not be taking DeJounte Murray. That is not allowed. At seventh round, that could be a steal. That could legitimately be a steal. If he's the starting point guard playing 30 minutes on the yeah. I, I I completely don't disagree. He is a elite rebounder at the at the point guard spot. And that would be that'd be a great extra fantasy bump for you if you can uh, if you can get him in that in that range. I like it. I really like that. Um I probably should have taken him. What a, that was a mis- uh, my my choices, a couple of them were mistakes. Um <laughs> Less. Wait, wait. What was one? I, I'm just interested now. You can't well, just give me okay. give me your biggest mistake. Come on, this is always fun for people. Did you write an article about this, or did you just put your team out there? No, no. There will be there will be a little blurb over on fan tracks about what I thought was my biggest mistake. Uh, you know, I, I, I said that my biggest mistake was Demar Derozan in the fourth round, which I don't hate, but I don't love. So what? Why? Why did you? think that was a mistake so that was like relatively around pick what 45 50 somewhere yeah, in there like, yeah i just thought it was a i should have taken a, a little bit of a risk i already had mike Connolly, drew holiday car anthony towns i went with a, another scorer but uh i think i probably should have taken a risk o- oladipo was a uh, pick right before me and that's who i was kind of looking at at that spot i thought that was a yeah but i mean pick. i feel like I feel like DeMar DeRozan is probably one of the safest guys to finish. In oh, that, yeah. I thought I just – range, was so was too, like... too safe. Um, I went with Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, in the sixth round. Nah, that's a way bigger mistake than picking DeMar DeRozan in the fourth, man. I, I actually really, really disagree with that. I really feel like Kelly Oubre Jr. is going to be playing quite a few minutes in, in Phoenix – and uh, I, I think if he's playing quite a few minutes in Phoenix, he's going to be a very, very good player. Now, granted, DeJounte Murray's probably a better pick there. Um, yes, I will 100% agree with you on that. Um, I'm always worried about Phoenix in the sense that uh, their rotations get weird. Yep. Um, also, Ubre, like in 30... 30- Assuming he gets the Trevor Ariza 35 minutes game, the Trevor Ariza special, um, like what super, super exciting about, about him other than like one and a half steals maybe and over a block? You know, I think Kelly Ubre is kind of like a, a, an almost auto porter. He's an mm. across-the-board type player. He can score. He can hit threes. He can get steals. He gets almost a block. He's not a very good assist guy, but he gets some rebounds. Like he's good at his percentages are good, not great. Like he's kind of like a almost auto porter. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, great second half when he was playing thirty plus minutes a game. Fair, fair. I guess I don't hate it. I guess I was thinking you. I my brain kind of shut off there. I mean, I, you probably picked him like sixty five, seventy, right? Like. That's not the worst pick. Yeah, let's see. If uh, marketing was 56, then, yeah, 68. I think I may have found someone I liked a little better. Okay. Um, but I don't I, – I have not looked at this draft, so I will not speak to that. I will say um, I, I'm okay with that pick. I don't well, know that I love it, but I'm okay with it. Everyone should go check that uh, draft out on patreon.com. Slash watching the boxes uh, exclusively for subscribers. Uh, we will have some more exclusive content along with our rookie. Did you say there's going to be s'mores? I love there's going to be s'mores and s'mores oh, exclusive okay. content up on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Look over on fan tracks as well for the article about that draft. And um, I think that's it, Tyler. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, come on, Mike. You didn't want to talk about Derek Rose? I'm just okay. I know I put it in the show notes, but we were going long, and you know how when I get talk about Derek Rose, it take it could go on for a very, very long time. All I want to say is Derek Rose will be more valuable than Reggie Jackson next season. Put it on the board. Oh, 100% fact there. Um, both have kind of a sketchy injury history, so hard to even make that case that Reggie Jackson is going to be healthier than Derek Rose. Um, Derek Rose looked really good for Minnesota when he played. Yeah. Um, he was playing very solid minutes there. Don't get sucked in, people. Please don't get sucked in, though. Like, if if someone 
is, you know, Derrick Rose is going to have a ton of name recognition, right? We all know that, like, Derrick Rose was MVP, all this, all that. Like, somebody's going to pick Derrick Rose. Like, I mean, he was the 105th-ranked player in eight-category leagues last year playing 27.3 minutes a game. He's not going to get that much more than that, especially splitting the minutes with Reggie Jackson. Like, do not be picking Derrick Rose in the top 50. Do not pick Derrick Rose probably even in the top 70. Like, No, I, I don't even know if I would pick him in those late rounds either just because his ups, his upside, his ceiling isn't, isn't great. If you're in a bigger league or a deeper league, in those late rounds, uh, I think he's probably he's worth it because per game – Last season in only 27 minutes per game, which is probably around what he'll play this year, 104th in an eight-category league. Reggie Jackson, 130th, not better at all. And I just want to, for maybe like the 20th time in the last like two months, want to remind everybody, um, Derrick Rose scored 50 points in an NBA basketball game last season. He dropped 50. Five zero. Oh well, and, and but that's what his, all his fantasy value. I shouldn't say all. Most of his fantasy value is now tied to that scoring, right? Like he averaged eighteen minutes, eighteen points a game. I said eighteen minutes because I'm losing my mind, right? But like the assists are decent. Like he averaged four point three. The rebounds are okay. He averaged two point seven. But he's not really giving you any steals and blocks. The percentages were good last year in Minnesota, like. A lot of his value, though, is tied to those 18 points. Oh, and yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, it's I mean? just – I'm just happy to see him. I'm just happy to see him uh, healthy and playing. He's it's, the kind of just... guy, I'll admit, like, okay, like, if I need a points boost, okay. But, like, I always feel like a lot of times I'm pretty good in points because I like to pick, you know, guys who score the 20, especially early on. So he's not a guy I love to pick because a lot of times I feel like I'm looking more for steals and blocks and rebounds and assists late in the draft and not like a guy who can drop me 18 points. Yeah. Usually you don't need to take those types of guys off the waiver, but they're always good to know. They're always good to have, but yeah, one of the, one of the greatest tragedies of probably of all time in the NBA, maybe of all time in the history of the world is the, the Derrick Rose injuries. Tyler, I can't, I, I can't talk more about Derrick Rose or I'll also get depressed. So where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P Watts. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. We will continue to uh, break down any of the free agency uh, moves that happen uh, as the summer goes along. But really, we're going to start looking at those teams once everything settles down, where we have a better idea of you know, who's actually going to be in the rotation, uh, what how minutes are going to be distributed. And that's really going to be the key. Uh, but if there are any other topics or anything else anyone's looking to uh, hear from us, whether it's keeper questions, mailbag stuff, get us get to us on Twitter at Watch the Boxes at Tyler P. Watts or hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We appreciate you guys and we will see you next time.